The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome back on this Wednesday edition as we take a few minutes out of our day in God's word. We're glad you're with us. As we have been going through the book of Matthew, through the life of Christ in Matthew's gospel, Um, again, we've mentioned this before, as you look at the different gospels, and some of them have different accounts of different stories, the thing that's intriguing is, or different accounts, and I don't like to call them stories as much because people think they're kind of made up. These are true accounts. One of the things that you'll see in this situation is some of what Matthew states is how things were worded. It'll be a little different than, say, when you go to Mark or Mark, to look at the same account. Uh, Again, the reason is behind this, the story's the same, you're getting it from the account of someone else. And again, if you were to put four different people in a room or watch an event take place, they're all gonna give you different accounts. And so you get to see the sovereignty of God, but you also get to see the fact that God allowed the strengths and uniquenesses of the individual human in the writing of the books. And so we're gonna go to Matthew uh, chapter nine, and we're gonna get to verse number 18. The Bible says, while he spake these things to them, behold, a ruler came and worshiped him, saying, my daughter had just died. And come lay your hands on her, and she shall live. So Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. And suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. For she said to herself, if I only may touch his garment, I shall be made well. But Jesus turned around, and when he saw and when he saw her, he said, Be of good cheer, daughter, your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. When Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the noisy crowd wailing, he said to them, Make room, for the girl is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. But when the crowd was put outside, he went in, took her by the hand, and the girl arose, and the report of, his, of this went out into all the land. So again, a little bit of differences in other accounts. You see that um, the ruler came up. He did not necessarily say she was dead, that she was dying. Although the fact is by the time he got home, she had passed away. Uh, there was one big account, a different account, where when the woman came in looking for an issue to touch that um, garment of Jesus, uh, the question came, who touched me? And people say, what do you mean who touched you? Again, different disciples, different men recall what was important in that scenario. And I love the fact that Jesus allows us to see the same account from different perspectives. Um, and it shows the eyewitness nature of it. It allows us to see, because you know, anytime we all see something, we're going to see, even if you listen to a message on Sunday, uh, someone's going to come out and say, man, this was the best part or this need to be worked on. Some are, you know, I've had people come to me and say, I'm glad you preached on this today. And I go back to my outline. I'm like, I never once mentioned that or thought I had mentioned that. So there's different accounts and that's, that's not wrong. You see that news, that's why, you know, they even say eyewitnesses accounts like for murders and stuff are, are weak because there's so many different perspectives. You filter it through. But in this case, we know we have the inspired preserved word of God, but God used the strengths and weaknesses of the men to make this easier for us to see all the aspects of the story. So in this story, a ruler comes to Jesus and he, he wants to take her home. Again, ruler of the synagogue uh, wants to take uh, this woman home or Jesus home to heal his daughter. Uh, he had less believed that he could do it, or at least at this point he was so desperate he believed. So the key that grabs my attention is I, as we kind of ask the question, what do you do when Jesus waits? So Jesus says, sure, we're going to go. And so he begins the journey back with this ruler to his house to heal him. Now, we've already seen through studying Matthew that Jesus, with his words, could have said she was healed. But again, the difference there was that other ruler told Jesus, I don't need you to come. Just use your words. In this case, 
He's just doing what the man said. He, he works according to our faith and to our needs. Every one of us are a little different. Every one of us needs something different. Jesus knows that. It's a beautiful thing. So as they're going home, another woman comes up. The gold there, there's a large crowd we know from other stories, and she simply, she had a problem with an issue of blood, which basically made her unclean. She really wasn't supposed to be in town in that area. Um, she was just supposed to, second here, uh, she was just supposed to um, be out of the town because she was unclean. She wasn't allowed to be other men, around other men, other things of that nature. Uh, she was supposed to be distant, and so she didn't want to get caught. She didn't want that to be an issue. So she just uh, kind of sneaks her way in. Hopefully she touches the bottom of his garment, and she'll be healed, which she knew. Now, again, she wasn't healed uh, because of the great power of Jesus, which we know is true, but, again, it was different. This man wanted Jesus to come to the house. This girl, all she wanted to do was touch. Her faith is what healed her. She knew Jesus had the power. We can talk about this idea of faith. Faith is not necessarily, you know, it's not my faith that brings, even when I pray in my faith, it's not me that brings the change. It's the object of my faith. I know that Jesus will heal. I know that Jesus can do certain things. And so I hold on to that. I find confidence in that. Uh, so it's not me that makes a change. She had confidence in God enough to know. But our, how we're willing to act on our faith. The Bible says without faith it's impossible to please him. So while we, it's the object of our faith that gives us the power, uh, what we do, he says, we must step out in faith. We must diligently seek him. We must be willing to obey. And in any time, Hebrews 11 goes through a whole list of people who had seen God do great things. We call it the hall of faith, whatever you want to say, heroes of the faith. And we see a lot of people, and each and every one of them were used of God. And they had their good and bad when it came to their own lives, uh, their own mistakes. But they were used of God because of their faith. And so that's where, that's where both of them, this, you know, my daughter died, come heal her. He believed that Jesus could do this. This woman, I'm going to touch just a hem of his garment, and he, she was healed. So the premise, though, I look at, I'll spend the last couple of minutes on this. What do you do? This man is taking Jesus home. His daughter's going to be healed. Uh, we know from other accounts that he had tried everything he could. No one else could help his daughter. So he's coming to the last desperate point, coming to this religious leader who'd been, who he'd heard had healed people. So he's bringing her home, and on the process... This woman comes out, interrupts the scenario going on. You imagine this other guy would have been frustrated. He's like, well, stop, you know, you just, just go, stop stopping, we need to go. Another account, we know that he should not died and he was getting close. But even that, the desperation would have mounted in this man's, this man's situation. We need to go home, we need to do this now. And yet Jesus found himself distracted with something. So you look at this principle and you ask, what do you do when it seems like Jesus waiting? In this account, we have to understand that Jesus wasn't necessarily distracted or waiting. He knew all of this. One, he knew that he was going to go home and raise this girl from the dead. And he knew that her death was just going to add to the truth of his power. Two, he knew that this other woman was coming. He knew that she had been wanting this for most of her life. And so he knew this was going to happen. So he had lessons in play. The one thing to remember is when sometimes Jesus waits to answer our prayer requests, we need to be careful to remember that it's not that there's a problem with it. It's not that we're not good enough. Uh, it's not that he doesn't intend to fix it. Sometimes his timing is what we're waiting for. We want God's will, which requires God's timing. God's got a plan. And, and that, that sometimes, be honest, we'll all say can be the most frustrating part because it seems like it gets worse before it gets better. Boy, if God resolved this now, it's more stressful. I wish God resolved this. What we need to do is just, one, trust. We get to know more about God. Trust God that even though this seems to be taking forever or longer than it should, or he should have answered it by now, 
He's got a reason for it. His timing is perfect. In this situation, two people were healed, and yet people got to see, and nothing else, his disciples got to see the ultimate power of this, of God, to be able to bring someone back from the dead as he's preparing his disciples for the one day to give their life for him. So there's a lot of lessons necessary in this. So what did this man do? He had to trust. We know in another account that one of his servants said, said, your daughter's passed away, don't worry about it. And Jesus comes in. So Jesus comes into the house as they get there. They're already beginning the memorial, the mourning portion for this young lady. And Jesus says, everybody leave. She's not dead. She's just sleeping. Well, everybody knew she was. It didn't take a genius. They, they had enough medical knowledge back then to know when someone had died. They knew it. The fact was she was dead. And Jesus went in and showed his power. Now, um, his fame became even more, even more well-known. It wasn't the intention, but it's what happened. But it was another as an example of teaching his disciples to know what, who this man really was. So when God takes his time, he doesn't always take his time because he's upset. He doesn't take his time because we're not perfect. There may be things in our life, sins we need to get right. There may be things we need to grow. We may need to change our position. There may be a lot of things in our circumstances need to change. That doesn't mean that God doesn't, God's not saying, I don't like you, I'm not going to willing to do it. Much of, much of it is we just need to trust that God desires the best for us. So we grow in him, we love him, we, we learn the best. What, what does he want? How can we know about him? And then we trust him. If we've done everything we can, we're right with him, then we just have to sit and trust. What do we do when, God, when Jesus waits? Wait on him. Trust in him. Know that he's got a plan. And in that plan, it's best for us. And in this situation, his daughter, this man's daughter was healed was brought back to life. He got to see a story. He got to see personally something that very few people had to see. And sometimes we have to get to the darkest points before we see God do some of the greatest things. Not just as learning to trust in him. Thanks again for joining us today. On this Wednesday, give me a chance to be part of your day. I pray it was a help and encouragement to you. Keep your eyes focused on Jesus. He loves you. He's got a plan. He's using all of it for his glory and for your good. Thanks again for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you again.